You are getting ready to listen to the voice of Dr. Radi Ferguson, 2004 Olympian, four-time national judo champion, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, author, speaker, and coach. Well, this is Dr. Roddy Ferguson, 2004 Olympian, four-time national judo champion and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I would like to talk to you about something today that a lot of people never really get to achieve. A lot of people think that they achieve it. A lot of people think that they have done it before, but there's a huge difference between practicing and deep practice. Practicing and deep practice. Deep practice is very different from deliberate practice. Deliberate practice requires feedback, constant urging, constant pushing in order to get a thing right. But there's a thing called deep practice. Deep practice is something that happens on a, on a spiritual, a psychological, and an emotional level that allows you to get into a rhythm that many of us call the zone. And it's hard to actually achieve that particular zone. There are times when you've gotten into deep practice, when you're in the weight room, you're hitting a set, and the set exists more than 100 and 200 reps. Or you're in the pool and you're swimming laps and you, you're just swimming the laps over and over again and you get past the point of being tired, you get past the point of muscle pain, you get past the point of thinking about injury, you get past the point of focusing on your breathing and you just jump into the reps. I've done this before when I've been doing wall shrimps or shrimping them down the mat or drilling with another person and usually... Usually, this doesn't really happen until past the 45 to 50 minute mark. You just have to get right into an hour. It's an hour without talking, without changing the movement sequence, without adjusting, without trying to fight your partner, staying disciplined on the sequences. It's when you actually jump into a deep practice that you no longer have to think about the movements or that you're making mistakes and you no longer need correction. It's very difficult to do deep practice of a thing for that which you are not an expert. And it's very difficult to do deep practice if there's any external or environmental fabricators or anything that can impede you from being focused on that which you're doing. You can't do it to music. You, you, you can't have anybody else in the room except for you and the other person. But it doesn't happen until you really get deep within the reps. A lot of people have never done a grind match. And a grind match isn't deep practice, but a grind match allows you to access some of the things that you need within a deep practice. Grind matches are usually 45 to 60 minutes or 90 minutes with no bathroom break. Now, you can't do a grind match if you're not in shape. You can't do a grind match if you got you gotta always pee. You can't do a grind match if you gotta stop and ask for water. And if you're not tough, you can't do a grind match. If you can't do a grind match, then you can't access what you need to access in order for deep practice. Meaning, if you're a piano player or you're learning how to play the piano and you're a beginner, it's almost impossible for you to access deep practice as a beginner. You don't know enough to practice long enough to enter into the zone to have deep practice. So how do you access deep practice on the grappling level? Well, that would mean that you need to pick a move that is simple enough for you to do so that you can get yourself into that particular zone. Deep practice, more often than not, is best done solo unless you have another highly skilled person who has done deep practice before. Something just as, just as basic 
as Shadow Uchikomi using one move and going over one gripping sequence or doing uh, a shrimp movement or utilizing the dummy to go over some Nawaza sequences. These things can be done to help you get into deep practice. But remember, deep practice means that you know the move or the movement well enough that you no longer have to think about the movement sequences. That you're able to get to the point where, you, where you're no longer concerned about being tired. You're no longer concerned about what hurts. It doesn't happen all the time. Some people call it, a, some people in the running realm or in the running world call it a runner's high. When you get to that, it's not you get to about mile 10 or mile 15 and you just float. You don't even remember miles. It's that portion of time that you need to access on the deep practice side when it comes to grappling. Most people lack the discipline to sit in a movement pattern or sequence for 30, 40, 50 minutes in order to access this deep practice zone. It's this sweet spot, which is actually the nectar to the acquisition of expertise. It's this sweet spot, which is the acquisition of expertise. And most people don't have this. Deep practice, more often than not, is solo practice, but you can do it with somebody else if you have another highly skilled practitioner to do it with. But it's that It's that discipline that the best in the world have. And before you can do deep practice, you almost have to practice, you, you almost have to practice yourself into being able to do deep practice. And that is tough to do. If you have a child who practices the piano or the saxophone and they don't have the wherewithal to go inside the room and to practice that instrument for 40, 50 minutes, hour and a half, 90 minutes, three hours by themselves, your kid has no hope of being good. And I'm not saying that your kid won't learn how to play the instrument, instrument, but your kid's not going to Juilliard. Those are just the facts. And on the deliberate practice side, it's your job to either find a coach or you as a parent coach and coax them to move them into the realm of of accessing deep practice through deliberate practice. Now, that means that you have to push. Some pushes are a shove and some pushes are a nudge depending on the chronological landscape of the learning and the teaching process. And if somebody looks at it at a certain time, a push will seem too aggressive and a nudge will seem like it's not enough. It's up to you as a coach, parent, to understand that you also need the practice of coaching. A lot of people don't look at my a lot of people look at my deliberate practice seminars and they think that my seminars are too long. They don't understand that I'm actually coaching myself through deep practice with coaching. Like I've had seminars where I've the people in the Bahamas will tell you I've had 18 hour, 24 hour, 20 hour, 12 hour, 10 hour, 6 hour, 7 hour seminars. I just had a 7 hour seminar this last weekend. And it was no problem. Seven hours for me to seminar is not a problem. Outlined everything on the board, not missing a step because I've done enough deliberate practice at coaching 
and I understand deep coaching that I can get into a flow and it doesn't matter the topic. It doesn't matter the topic. I've been, I'm well read enough that it doesn't matter the topic because I've access to deep, deep, deep practice of coaching, which means, yes, I've turned on the camera in my room, in my house and sat at the whiteboard and just talked about everything that I know about judo for eight, nine hours before with nobody at home. Why? Because you have to access deep practice if you're going to walk around and call yourself the best judo coach ever. Whether it's true or not, I, mean, I have to believe it and I'm not going to believe it without the practice. Ladies and gentlemen, don't just practice. Practice is great. Showing up for practice is great. But if you want to access the higher levels of acquisition and performance, expertise, acquisition and performance, you have to understand deliberate practice and you have to let your deliberate practice push you into being able to have deep practice now here's the problem with deep practice you got to make sure that when you do deep practice you know the move because otherwise you will staple down incorrect neurological pathways building mild and sheath around that particular neurological pathways that neuro neural pathway and you will do the move wrong and all of it will be for naught Deep practice. Deep practice. What brought me to this point, I was just watching one of James Brown's drummers online. He was talking about, and I, I thought about this because I was thinking about what happens at carnival. I was thinking what happens in jujitsu and judo. I think what happens in drilling. I think what happens in grind matches. And he was talking about they were playing this rhythm for a long period of time. And then they got in what's called the groove. You know what a groove is. A groove is when you do something over and over again, and then it begins to it begins to create a a small, either emotional or psychological canal, a small one, to the point where you get caught within the groove. And when you get caught in this groove, it's not easy to get out the groove. He, he was saying that the groove had gotten so good that they weren't able to stop. And everybody got caught up in the groove. And you hear, you hear songs that tell you to keep the groove. Or you hear songs that James Brown has like same beat. And you hear how cyclical the song is and nothing's really changing. And everything is simple. But you can't get the song out of your head once it gets in that psychological mental groove that is how your judo or your jujitsu or anything that you're trying to be an expert at needs to exist you need to get into it so good that you get into this this psychological and this mental groove that the movement just becomes automatic and no matter what you do you can't jump out of the groove this is very difficult for young folks to do today because there's so many things that stop them from ever getting into a groove because there's, there's too many external complexities of phone, of television, of messaging, of Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. There's so many things going on on, on the external that they never really get in the groove. I've had seminars where 
I ask people to turn their phones off and they still don't turn their phones off and they're answering the phone. The phone is ringing on the side of the map. So the seminar in and of itself can never jump into a into a groove. And when you when you make the step to do the deep practice inside the dojo by yourself, doing something as simple as as a jump over drill or a Kazuri Katami sequence or a neon belly drill. Turn off the phone. Shut everything down. Make sure you're in the place by yourself or with somebody who was who was there to drill with you and move everything take everything away that can stop you from jumping into that that psychological and psychomotor motor groove so that you can jump into that groove cuz only it's only then when you jump into that groove that you can access that sweet spot or that nectar from the practice. So when you start practicing those first five to ten minutes, you're not getting anything from that. You got to jump in there about hour, hour and twenty minutes. And most of you've never practiced hour and twenty minutes one thing over and over again, ever, ever. I am telling you. That when you add this to your particular practice, your overall practice, you will improve. I don't mind. Listen, I will tell you without giving any names. I have a client that I used to coach who used to do Nawaza sequences for 45, 50, 60, 90 minutes. And the overseer of the training process told me, it was too much Nawaza. They need to focus on something else. That person, within the last year, lost all of their matches in Nawaza. All of them. Because they pulled the thing out, which was, which was going to help them become what they needed to be at this particular time. But they removed it because they didn't understand deep practice. See, my job is not to explain to you everything. When you go to a doctor's office and a doctor gives you the prescription, your doctor's not going to sit there and explain to you four years of medical school, four years or six years of residency, and eight years of practice that they've had in medicine in order for you to take the medicine. They're going to give you the bottle. They're going to tell you the contraindications, what you shouldn't take with it, and you can take the medication or not. But for you to think that I'm going to explain to you the years, okay, and years, and years, and years of high-level information that most of you can't even access when you may have more years in the thing. But there's some of you all who have practiced judo, judicial, and all this stuff for 40, 50 years at a low level. I'm not mad. Listen, that's not bad. That's okay. That's like having a conversation with people at Applebee's about how to cure AIDS and then talking with some 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 scientists who work at the at the uh, at NIH. It's very different. It's very different. It's like talking to your friends about law at the dinner table and then speaking to uh, a room full of lawyers. It's very different. And one, you're going to get some general knowledge that's, that's, that's pretty decent. 
All right, you can get on Google and find it. And the other, you're gonna get some expertise from people who have actually paid a lot of money to learn a lot of stuff. That doesn't mean their information is better than your information. That means they paid a lot of money and learned a lot of stuff. And if you need surgery on your leg, are you gonna to go to Rollo down the street for him to cut your leg open or are you gonna to go to the physician? You're gonna to go to a physician. And there's a reason why you're going to go to a physician, because you believe the physician has expertise. But some people don't understand that their game is hurting. That their game has a has an informational tumor in it that needs to be excised and removed. But the tumor is so small that they can't see it based upon their particular vision. But the expert can can take that read and he can see things on that chart or on that x-ray that you can't see. It may just look like a bunch of bones and tissues to you, but that person can see some irregularities in it and they're trying to explain to you the irregularities that you can't see. And they don't have time to explain to you well, the reason why I can see this is because I've seen a million charts like this before and I know what it's supposed to look like. They're just gonna tell you, this is what you should take. Please take it. I'm telling you that you need to learn how to do deep practice. I'm telling you that you need to learn deliberate practice. I'm also telling you that there's no way for you to do deliberate practice by yourself. And I'm also telling you there are very few judo, jujitsu, or any type of instructors that will do deliberate practice with you because deliberate practice, it takes four, five, six, seven, eight hours of constant feedback over and over and over again. Some people say, oh man, you can't practice a child for any more than 15, 20 minutes because then they'll lose focus. Uh, that's not true, okay? That's general knowledge for general practitioners for the general population. But if you look at world-class gymnasts, they're in the gym for more than one or two hours. Gabby Douglas. In the gym for more than one or two hours. Okay. These people are in the gym for more than one or two hours. They're doing repetitive movements over and over and over again. I said what about burnout man? Burnout is real. It is real. It's very real. More often than not. The volume that is. The volume that is required. For the elite athlete. Is perceived as would be perceived as burnout volume for the non-elite athlete. So there is some truth to if you got burnt out, you aren't the one. If you got burnt out, you're not the I'm not saying that burnout isn't real. Okay? I'm telling you, burnout is real. I'm also telling you the volume of training at which you would perceive burnout occurring for the non-elite athlete is not the same for the elite athlete. That volume for the elite athlete is what we would call, that's called Tuesday. <laughs> or Wednesday. Or Thursday. But that volume that would burn you out or your athlete out, that just lets you know they're not the one. It's okay if you're not the one. Everybody can't be the one. It's not possible. It's not possible. So, if you find yourself 
having a difficult time doing deep practice, they keep working at the deep practice. Slow down at the deep practice. Do less days of the deep practice, but do the deep practice. And you can only do the deep practice with the deliberate practice. See, here's the difference on the music, on the musician side. If you read the books like Outliers and stuff like that, if you play an instrument, okay, the instrument in and of itself from the, from the tone of the instrument or the pitch sometimes will allow you to know when you're off key so you can make the adjustment and the change. If you are on the map by yourself and you start making mistakes, you won't know unless you have practiced that movement under the auspices of an expert so that you understand how to do the move and you've gained some type of expertise at that particular movement. Then you can use that particular movement to have deep practice. What's your question here? Is it possible for me and my partner to sign up and get this thing going? Roger, I, I got you covered like a blanket, okay? I got you covered, all right? April 1st, man, April 1st. I, just let me get through this scholastics. This, this whole scholastics thing and, and the whole judo and these are the rules or these ain't the rules and here are the rules and the rules change and we're going to go with these rules and and then they're not telling the people that the tournament doesn't serve as the the trials for the Youth Olympics to make sure everybody signs up and goes. It's just, it's just too much, man. So I, let me get through this whole USA judo scholastics championship weekend and and break down and cry in my hotel room and then I'll get with, get back with you afterwards. <laughs> You're nodding your head. Cause that's what's gonna that's gonna happen to all of us. It's so so stressful, man. Cheese on bread. What is the practice? Oh uh, the difference between deep practice and deliberate practice. If you have deep practice and deliberate practice and deep practice see this is this is what happens. A lot of people have this argument in the exercise science world about deliberate practice versus flow and they don't understand that deliberate practice allows you to enter into the state of flow so it's not a, it's not an either or it's not a versus situation you have to do deliberate practice in order to gain um, a level of expertise or proficiency so that you can then work yourself into the realm of flow and then work on your efficiency. See, flow allows you to work on efficiency. Deliberate practice allows you to work on proficiency. And you can't become efficient in terms of quality efficiency, in terms of being quality at being efficient. You can't work on efficiency until you get the proficiency down. And the proficiency has to be acquired through deliberate practice. Has to. Has to. It has to. That's it. question is it okay to not be the one but do not make excuses why you're not yes man it's okay to not be the one listen i encourage everybody to go back and watch the movie the matrix okay watch the trilogy all three parts of the matrix watch all three parts watch them 
There is no character that's any less than the other characters because they're not Neo. Neo just happens to be the one. But Neo can't, cannot be the one without everyone else. And everyone else is still necessary in the process. Everyone else still fights. Other people still die. Other people still contribute. But Neo is the one. The one is just different. The, the one has the thing to be the one. So as, when you are the one, you have to have the thing to be the one. And then you have to want to be the one. Oh, Jesus, don't let me preach this thing. You got to have the thing to be the one. And then you have to want to be the one. Because understand this. And in, in all of its oneness, okay? Don't make me preach this. I'll preach this thing. And all of its one, Neo had already been preordained to be the one, but he still had the choice of whether he wanted to be the one. If Neo didn't want to do, if, if Neo was not willing to understand, if he was not willing to throw himself in the realm of self-sacrifice, self-abnegation, and self-conceit, Neo would not be the one. In order for Neo to be the one, watch yourself. In order for Neo to be the one, he had to understand the one that he could not be. I'll let y'all get that tomorrow. In order for Neo to be the one, he had to understand the one that he could no longer be. And that, good people, is the most difficult part of being the one. It's, you got to be willing to kill off all the other things about your person that aren't going to allow you to be the one. Your friendships, your relationships, certain behaviors, there are certain things that you have to stop in order to in order in order to be the one. In order to be the one. There in order to be the one, there's a there, there is a there's a one that you can't be. If you want to be the best person at A, you can't be the most popular person in B. You gotta be the most popular person in A. Which means that there are certain things that happen in B, at the B house, at the B level, in the B groups, on B street, in B's car, at B's party, at B's thing, on B's phone. You can't, you can't be in any of the B group stuff. You got to be with A. And there are more B's walking around than A's. And all the B's will talk about you. And they will talk about you and say that you're doing the wrong thing. Because you're trying to be an A. And there's a higher probability that you will fail trying to be an A. And the B's will say, see, I told you. You should have just been over here with us the whole time. But the winning, the winning as an A has nothing to do with the achieving the A status. It has to do with the pursuit of trying to be an A. Because you don't really know if you're the one. Because let me tell you something, when you line up at the Olympic Games, everybody in that place believes they're the one. Everybody has the one characteristics. But at the end of the day, there's only one one. Only one.
And the hard part is understanding that if you aren't the one at the end of the day, you're still the one that you're supposed to be. And that is okay. Because guess what? I'm still the one. I might not be the one in 2004 at the top of the metal stand. I'm still the one for Lil Rod D, Lil Rufus, and my wife. I'm still the one for my students at Tampa, Florida Judo. I'm still the one for the person that I see on the side of the road that asks me for $2 and I give them three. I am still the one. And that's okay. There's a lot of realms in order to be the one. And all those things require practice and all those things require deliberate practice and all those things require deep practice. Where's the deliberate practice? Deliberate practice, I need to open myself to feedback on how I can become a better person, a better thing. Open myself up to feel. I have to ask somebody, hey, I did X, Y, and Z. Is there a different way for me to do that? And they say, yeah, man, you could have did this a little bit better. You shouldn't have said this. You should, I say, hey, man, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Let me give you this other thing, man. How do you think I did when I wrote this letter? Ah, I think, think you could have said, open yourself up to deliver, to, for the deliberate practice. Open yourself up for feedback. Feedback sucks because what you get, what you really understand is how good you aren't. The toughest part about being in a doctoral program and a PhD program is that all your life you've been told that you're smart and you're intelligent and you're good and you're that. And when you get to the bot when you get to the end of that PhD program and you hand in that dissertation, these people handing that paper to you, so it has to be anywhere between 100 and 150 times with red lines in it. And every time you send it in, there's something wrong. And every time you send it in, there's something wrong. And you start equating their correction with you. So you you don't think that they're they're grading the paper or putting errors on the paper. You think that you have an error with yourself. That is the most difficult thing about the deliberate practice process is when people give you feedback or they yell and they scream and they tell you that you're doing something wrong. You think that they're saying that you are wrong. No, it's not that you are wrong. It's that the thing that you are doing is wrong. You have been perfect. You're a perfect you. But the thing that you are doing can always be improved. And that's the hard part about deliberate practice is getting that constant feedback in order to refine your person. And that's what, make, that's what makes marriage so hard. Because when you're married, every day you wake up in the morning, you get constant feedback of your person. Oh, you're too heavy. Oh, you put on too much weight. I don't like the way you, you look today. You need to cut your hair. I don't like when your beard grows out. Please shave it. I don't like when you leave your, your clothes on the floor. Put the toilet seat down. I don't like the toothpaste left on the mirror. I can't go to sleep at night without all the dishes being done in the dishwasher. I don't like it when you leave the broom out. When you get down, sweep and put it back. I don't like it. Listen, that's constant feedback for years. And you have to make adjustments and you have to change and you're never going to be right. And it's okay. And the thing about it is, is you are okay as a person, but the behavior which you exhibit can always be better. And marriage is deliberate practice. And when you decide that you want to be the one, you actually have married yourself to the thing, to the piano, to judo, to the saxophone, to jujitsu, to football, to running, to soccer, to whatever the thing is that you now have a new relationship with, that is what you are married to. And you use your coaches and DVDs and feedback from mentors and other people the same way you use it in marriage when you go to counseling to help you listen to the feedback of others and to apply it so that you can be the one for the thing. 
but you can never be good if you leave. You can, you're never going to be good if you don't get through that initial part where it hurts and you're sore and you get tired. When you do, when you do that deep practice and you get that 45 to 50 minutes in, it takes that, you got to get to that hour point where everything just kind of gets in a what? In a groove. You got to get in the groove. If you want to understand get, getting in the groove, you got to listen to James Brown, same beat. Or you can listen to George Clinton's Atomic Dog, the long, the long, long version. Or you can listen to, you can listen to a Love Supreme, all four parts, where you can understand the groove. Or you can listen to Miles Davis, the long 10-minute version of My Funny Valentine, where you actually jump out of your person and you jump into the music and you jump into this groove. Like many of you haven't done that before. It's tough to do. You 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 have to man, you have to you have to do this even with grip fighting. You got to be to the point where you can go over the same gripping sequence over and over and over and over to you. and when your shoulders start burning, you haven't gotten to the point yet. And if your shoulders are burning, you haven't done enough practice to access the deep practice point. Because if your shoulders are burning to the point where you need to stop, then you're not in you're not in the shape that you need to be in to access the nectar from the practice. I'm gonna tell you who I got this from. And, it, and a lot of people who who do exercise science don't understand this, but I'm gonna tell you who I got this from. Israel Hernandez, two-time Olympic medalist from Cuba. He told me. He said because he always talks about with my man. He says my man. Long distance running is not for physical conditioning. He said because necesitas piques para condición. Like you need to do sprints for conditioning. So the long distance running is not for the conditioning. Necesitas piques para condición. He said, you need to run long distance so that you, you go through that point of when your legs burn, you go through that point of when your skin just starts itching at first, you go through that point of when your, your, your lungs start burning, you go through that point of when everything starts hurting, and then you get to the point, cuando está flotando. Y ejercicio no es physical. Spiritual. Where the exercise is no longer physical, it becomes a spiritual experience. But you cannot access the spiritual experience until the body dies. See, I don't want to I don't want to preach this thing, but I will. You have to practice yourself till the body dies. And when the body begins to die and you start getting so fatigued that you really can't function, it is there where you're not functioning on the physical level anymore and you're not even functioning on the psychological level anymore, but you, you are then functioning on the spiritual level. And this is where some people hit a void in practice because they don't have anything to lean and depend on when things get tough. Don't make me preach this thing.
this is why in the scripture it says, it is then when I am weak, when I am strong. The deep practice requires you to be at your weakest point in practice to access the heights of strength acquisition in terms of expertise acquisition at the movement. But until you, are, until you access this fourth dimension on the spiritual side, you will never become an expert at the thing. You can sit on the heavy bag all day. You have to wait hour and a half, shoulder burden. Sweat, calf muscle on fire from coming off the back leg, bottom of the foot on fire, like you're about to get uh, plantar fasciitis. Fasciitis. You, you, all this stuff has to happen. Ribs are hurting from twisting. All that has to happen, and then all of a sudden, all the pain dissipates and goes away. It is then when you have actually started accessing sweep uh, on deep practice. When you when you have when you have settled in your spirit that this is what it is, this is how bad it is, this is how bad it's going to feel, and I will be okay inside of this level of misery. It is this level of misery which is necessary to be that damn good. Mount, shrimp, hip escape, hip escape, pass, mount. Shrimp, hip escape, hip escape, pass, mount, shrimp, hip escape, hip escape. Listen, for an hour, hour and a half, two hours, don't change, don't switch sides, don't do nothing but that. No music, no nothing. You all call it the zone. Some psycho psycho psychologists call it the zone. It's actually physical meditation to, to access the spiritual sweet spot of expertise acquisition. That's what it is. But you got you got to jump in that groove. For let me tell you something. If you if you check this out, talk to people who who understand worship, okay? There's, there's a moment, the first five, ten minutes of worship, you got to actually force yourself to get into the groove of the, of the worship. And then 20 minutes, the, 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 the music starts playing, the, the, the praising starts happening. And then you get to this 35-minute point where the worship actually happens, okay? And, the, and then you jump into a zone and then everything else on a spiritual level takes over. It, it, it's, it's not. It's not the. It's not the, just the worship in and of itself. It's the. The understanding that you're no longer thinking about. Oh, I'm sitting here on my knees, or oh, I'm standing up and my feet hurt, or oh, my arms hurt for keeping them up this long, or oh, you're not. You're not thinking about any of that any, any, anymore. You are inside of the practice of worship, and nothing else is bothering you anymore. It's the same thing on the physical level. It's the same thing with practice. 
It's the same thing. It's, it is the same thing. You, you, you have to jump in in order to access the blessings from the exercise. Worship is no different than eating healthy. When you, when you eat healthy, you're actually in, in harmony with the worship by respecting your body, which is a living sacrifice. Huh? You got to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable with your reasonable service. The same thing. Present your practice as a living sacrifice, meaning you have to sacrifice the living part. You have to be willing to die in order to access the life inside of the practice. And y'all ain't ready for the next level of understanding. He died so that you may live. The chicken died so that you could eat. Do you understand what I'm saying? The fruit got pulled off the tree so that you can nourish yourself. Every, the, um, the umbilical cord got cut so the, so, the, so the child can move forward. Like there, there, has to be a, there has to be a cutting off. There has to be a, a death that occurs in the physical realm in order to access life on the spiritual side. That's what deep practice is. That you have to be into that practice so deep that everything that was hurting, you you have you're okay with it hurting so that nothing hurts. This is why some of y'all can't access love inside of your relationship. Because you're afraid to get hurt. But the hurting is part of the accessing of the love. Don't make me preach this thing. See, there's no, there's no bypassing the pain of the practice. The pain has, the pain is part of the practice. Like you have people said, oh, the pain is part of the process. Oh, the pain. Is. But they just, they just giving you the surface information. The, the pain is the thing. You need to actually run toward the pain. You, you need to be searching for the pain. They, it, this, this. There's nothing happening without that pain, buddy. You need that pain. When you, I tell, I tell my my students when you are in a, a when you are in a, in a knockdown, drag out judo match, going into golden score, going into overtime, and your arms are burning and your forms are on fire, and you feel like you're almost on the cusp of vomiting, you need to start smiling. Because you, you have the opportunity to access something that most people in life never get to access. And that's greatness. And once you, once you hit that level, once you're on that level of suffering like that, you, you are close to touching the, the, the greatness. You got to suffer. Some of the greatest things in life, have, they, they've happened when somebody died. When somebody died, the caterpillar can't turn into a butterfly unless it sheds off that outer skin. That outer thing has to die. The snake skin got the snake got the, the outer skin got to die. 
That stuff got to die. Do you understand on a cellular level, you replenish every day? There's parts of you that have to die so that you can live. So go to the gym and kill yourself. Because the, the, you that, the you that exists right now is not enough to be the you that you need to be. So you got to kill the you that you are so the you that you need to be can live. See, when you're in the gym and you're getting tired and, you, and you're feeling pain, you, you, you need to go ahead and go through that process and kill that person that's hurting. Because that person who is hurting, that's not the one that's going to get it done. It's the person that's on the other side of the pain that's going to get it done. So you have to kill that person to get on the other side. But you can't get on the other side due to a physical thing. The, the, the physical thing is part of the path to get there. But the renewing doesn't come from the physical thing. The renewing comes from you moving over the, over the cognitive and the emotional and that spiritual chasm. Because the renewal of the old you to, to the new you is a mental thing. That's why the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind gets renewed from you, from you being willing to hop into the deep practice, put up with the pain, and then when the pain comes, welcome the pain because that's a renewing thing. It's different for you to welcome pain. Most people use pain as an aversive stimulus. You have to get to the point where you are welcome to pain. The mind has been renewed. You think about things different. And then now you can access the new person that you need to be that you couldn't be before in order to access the nectar for the sweet spot of the deep practice. But see, most of y'all think this is on a, on a physical level, but it's not a physical level. The physical thing will help usher in the spiritual thing, but it's not a physical thing. Because a lot of you guys stop at the physical thing and you stop there. That's why people be running around here in USA Judo talking about Roddy has this, he don't have that, he don't got this, he don't have that, he only did this, he didn't do that. They don't understand that what I have is based upon what I've been able to access on the spiritual side. The physical things that you see from me and from what I do, that is not the key to my success. You missed it. Oh, he don't know. He can't do that. He can't do that. Listen, the Lord has blessed me to do some things because I follow the, the, the scripture as it is written. And when you follow the word as it is written and you apply these things to the area of expertise, which for me is judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, then you become unstoppable, not because of the judo practice, not because of a man named Jigoro Kano, not because of a Seanagi or Osoto or Ujigar. It's not because of any of those things. It's because you understand the process of the reaping and the sowing is not just about the planting of a seed. It's about the husbanding of the garden. There are certain practices that you need to have in order to shed certain things off so that certain things can live. This is what many of you are missing. I appreciate your time, but I have to go. I don't want to go, but I have to go. He died so that you could live.